Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 107. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. This show is brought to you by my sponsor, Audible.com. If you're like me, you like to read, but you're having trouble finding the time to squeeze in all those great books, well, Audible.com is a perfect solution. Audiobooks are great. I never thought I would like them, but I love them now. It's a great way to get caught up. I listen to and get caught up on the book as I'm driving to work, if I'm exercising, any free time, working out in the yard, I can get caught up on all my reading. You can go to uh, my website, doseofleadership.com slash audible. And you can uh, download a free audiobook. Any audiobook they have, over 100,000 titles to choose from. You can download it for free, listen to it. You can sign up for 30 days with no obligation. If you don't like it after 30 days, you can cancel your subscription. But again, it's no risk to you. Go check out doseofleadership.com slash audible and make your smartphone smarter. Well, I'm so excited to have on my show today Professor M.S. Rao. He's an international leadership guru and an internationally acclaimed leadership educator, executive coach, speaker, and consultant. He has over 32 years of experience and the author of 22 books, including the award-winning 21 Success Sutras for Leaders. And that book has been selected as the top 10 leadership books, one of the top 10 leadership books of the year for 2013 by San Diego University. He has been honored as an upcoming international leadership guru by Leadership Gurus International and listed as one of the leading achievers around the world in Marquis' Who's Who in the World in 2013. He serves as an advisor and board member for several prestigious international organizations, including the American Institute of Business Psychology, which is the number one internationally accredited coach training program for professional business and personal coaches in Global, Leader in Global Leadership Awards Malaysia. He coined an innovative teaching tool, Make His Method, Leadership Teaching Tool 11E Leadership Grid, and a new leadership tool, Soft leadership grid based on his new leadership style. From India, Professor Rao, thank you for joining the Dose of Leadership podcast. Thanks for your gracious introduction. Uh, uh, indeed, it, it's an honor to be part of your show, Richard. Well, it's amazing. It's a great that on Skype, you're in India, I'm here in Kansas, and we're talking to people that are passionate about the topic of leadership. You know, we were going back and forth in the email, and, and, I, and when I read your book, uh, the 21 Success Sutras, man, it really spoke to me. I mean, you are definitely in the Dose of Leadership tribe as far as I'm concerned because, you know, and, and there's so many books out there, and you would think, oh, my gosh, another leadership book, but yours is very unique. So talk to me a little bit about your background and how you got so passionate about leadership. Yeah, um, uh, leadership is very close to my heart. And uh, I enjoy uh, teaching leadership and enjoy writing uh, uh, leadership articles. And I enjoy uh, sharing my knowledge on leadership with various people. And uh, I have come from uh, the background of Indian Air Force. So I have learned the art of uh, leadership from the defense itself. Uh, then subsequently, uh, I did my MBA. Then I did my PhD in soft skills. Uh, and I worked in uh, research organizations. So all these things have led me to explore very deep about leadership. And uh, I, I started writing on uh, leadership. Uh, 
uh, it's because you know it's a very uh, leadership is uh, if you hit google you get so many hits on leadership and there are i think around 1 million definitions on leadership so it's a leadership is not uh, it's, it's really uh, an amazing one and it's very close to my heart so i started uh, uh, writing articles and i started sharing my knowledge with the people uh in various uh, training programs uh, including uh, my emba at, uh, classes uh, and uh, i also started sharing my knowledge in various uh, uh, leadership training programs uh, conducted for various corporates in india well you know i was talking uh, talking about the book and uh, I, and i can't emphasize it enough and it has so many forwards from some of the top leaders some great guests that's been on this show you know including jim kuzes uh, Marshall Goldsmith, uh, Arthur uh, Karmazi, who I just interviewed the other day, and yeah. um, and you know, and, and it's so true. In the forward by uh, uh, Howard Gutman, and I agree with his synopsis. You know, there's so many books about leadership, and you know, from servant leadership to situational leadership, laws of leadership. You know, how can you think in this kind of noisy, cluttered world could something new come out? And I got to tell you, you're so the the simplicity of what you talk about is is really at the core of what I like to talk about. And what's so great in some of these um, sutras, and I think the one that really spoke to me, and I knew this was going to be a great book, is is your first one where you talk about leadership is a responsibility. It's not a badge of honor. So talk to me about that. What does that mean to you? Usually, you know, some people uh, are under the notion that leadership is a badge of honor. Uh, it's not correct. Leadership is all about taking responsibility. setting an example walking your talk that's what is all about leadership and again some people say like john maxwell leadership is all about influence some people say leadership is all about uh, 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 example like that you know various people defined in uh, various ways uh, according to me leadership is basically taking responsibility setting an example and uh, uh, inspiring people uh, building teams and uh, accomplishing the goals by constantly motivating the people that's what is all about leadership and uh, it is basically not a badge of honor that's what i strongly believe in that's the reason why i started first sutra as leadership is, is a responsibility not as a badge of honor and the second sutra i talked about is character counts not charisma yes yeah because there are many great leaders uh, who are charismatic but uh, they couldn't leave any legacy behind for others uh, so that led to so many challenges uh, for the people so according to me uh, it's the character that is superior to charisma and uh, uh, that counts more than the so called charisma of course charisma is an added advantage for a leader uh, but this shouldn't be at the cost of character yeah you know i talk about that a lot too and and i'm glad you brought that up because um Uh, and i i usually almost every presentation i give or even class or even coaching we talk about this in the beginning and and a lot of people stay out of the leadership game because they think they have to be so charismatic and i think too often we put too much stock in this kind of you know personality driven charisma thinking that that equals leadership and you're absolutely so right i think a natural charisma will come forth if you focus on the character elements is like what you're saying right i mean charisma is not about or leadership isn't being like john wayne it's about being authentic and courageous and a natural charisma will come forth right 
Yeah, correct. What what uh, you know, coming from the military, we both have a military background. Did you see? And my experience was, did you? I saw a lot of um, charismatic leaders in the beginning, and those seemed to be the guys that rose to the top at first. But as time went on, and and more real life situations, the stress was turned up. It was the kind of the quiet ones behind the scenes that kind of rose to the top. Did you experience that same thing in your military experience? Yeah, uh, in my military experience, uh, uh, that is totally different. Uh, there also we found the leaders who have got charisma. Uh, but I, when I talk about uh, character versus charisma, so I talk about uh, some leaders like uh, Alexander the Great. He was a uh, charismatic leader. Uh, but when he left, uh, when he left uh, the scene, you know, then it was uh, totally uh, dismantled yeah. his kingdom. Yeah. So that means uh, not only that there are number of charismatic leaders. They promise moon. They speak so many things. Uh, they do their own haunts, and uh, they 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 get they win applause from people. Uh, but at the end of the day, or uh, when they, uh, unfortunately they don't leave any legacy for uh, others. So that's the reason, you know, I don't emphasize much on charisma, rather I emphasize more on character because it's the character that ultimately sustains. Uh, it is the character uh, that pulls the people together at the end. Although charisma is a temporary thing, uh, a magical uh, thing uh, which attracts the people, but uh, uh, according to my experience of 32 years, it's the character uh, that stands in the long run not the so-called karishma. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely achieve instant attention and success through charisma. There's no doubt about it. But it takes a longer time to draw attention of others and achieve success through character. But that is where the sustainable leadership comes yeah, forth. Yeah. Exactly said. And, but, and I also talked about various aspects in this book, like, you know, be a coach, not a critic. Uh, uh, then again, build bridges, not barriers. So likewise, you know, I have uh, outlined around 21 uh, sutras uh, for leaders. Uh, like, you know, fight uh, for pretty things, not uh, petty things. That means you have to fight for big things, not for small things. Uh, and, uh, you know, failure is only a comma, not a full stop. Right? Uh, likewise, you know, I have highlighted uh, so many sutras in this book and... Uh, uh, in this, you know, one of the sutras I talked about soft leadership, which is a new concept I have created. And uh, I have led a webinar conducted by International Leadership Association also. Uh, and uh, various uh, uh, international journals uh, like Emerald, uh, they have featured articles. Recently, UN Post also featured an article where I have linked soft leadership with Mahatma Gandhi. So I think uh, this uh, soft leadership is going to prevail in the years to come. Uh, it contains around 11 C's. Uh, so I would like to list out what are the 11 C's. Like, you know, again, it starts with character, uh, second, charisma, third, conscience, fourth, conviction, fifth, courage, sixth, communication, seventh, compassion, uh, eighth, commitment, ninth, consistency, and tenth, uh, consideration, and uh, last one is contribution. So these are the elements I have created, and uh, I have created my own grid, and uh, and I'm thankful to Devil Rich who has uh, uh, connected all these elements and created a leadership code for this. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's spend a little time on that. Let's go back for the for my listeners' sake. You, you know, you created this idea of soft leadership, and you just listed the eleven 
um, what you call the 11 C's. It's kind of funny, too, that you and I have share a common, and, and I don't think I've told you this, but when I talk in presentations and I talk about this presentation, I have four C's, and it's about, to me, leadership is about um, being calm, consistent, confident, and courageous. And a lot of what you talk about in your, your 11 C's is wrapped up in that. Talk about the difference of soft. I love this. I'm fascinated by this. The difference between soft leadership and hard leadership. You know, educate my listeners on that. Okay, okay. I'll educate definitely. And I have read your uh, attachment. I have downloaded uh, that calm and all those things you have mentioned. You know, again, there I find uh, there is a similarity between you and me. That's right. In, in approaching the leadership. I have read, uh, I have downloaded from your website uh, about your uh, principles and uh, philosophy on uh, leadership. Really enjoyed reading it thoroughly. Uh, and there also we have a kind of similarities. Okay, now coming to the response between soft and hard leadership. Uh, hard leadership, uh, the uh, hard leaders are basically, uh, they, they are task oriented. Uh, they are more into task orientation and they are more into transactional leadership. Uh, whereas the soft leaders are more into transformational leadership. And uh, they are basically people-oriented leaders. And uh, hard leaders emphasize on hard skills more, more or less. And uh, the soft leaders emphasize more or less on soft skills. That means people skills. Likewise, there are a number of differences between uh, soft and hard leaders. Uh, but again, you know, if you, uh, I can cite a couple of examples uh, of hard leaders, you know, like Jack Welch. He's Jack, a Jack, hard leader. Jack then Welch. I guess if you look at his uh, predecessor like Jeff Immelt, you know, uh, uh, he is a, a soft leader. Then again, if you look at Steve Jobs, uh, he's, uh, he was a hard leader. Then again, his successor, Tim Cook, is a soft leader. So like that, you know, uh, uh, people are different in nature. And uh, predominantly, it's the soft leaders who are going to prevail more. Although there are leaders who are hard and successful, but the success rate for soft leaders is higher than that of hard leaders. Yeah. You know, you said, Jack, I think you said Jack Welch is an example of a hard leader. <clears throat> and yeah, I agree. And, and that's when people, and, and you, you mentioned Steve Jobs too. And I think Steve yeah. Jobs definitely was a hard leader in the beginning. But near yeah. the end of his life, he, it's like he transformed into a more soft leadership style, right? Would you agree with that? At the end. Yeah, right, right. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I've had people argue with me about, even in places where I've worked, that they still think uh, hard leadership is the way to go. And some, and sometimes it's hard to argue with success. You look at a guy like Jack Welch, and you think, well, look, he was been successful. But I'm with you. I mean, you look in the long run, It's there are so many examples of great leaders who followed a soft leadership style. And you know, you got Booker T. Washington, Benjamin Franklin, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther Ma- King, yeah. Mother, Mother Teresa. I mean, yeah. wow, you know, and you really think about it, that sustainable leadership is a soft leadership style. What is your, and, go ahead. And and also told about this uh, Martin Luther King. He was a great leader. Yeah. Uh, he was a soft leader. Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, Ma, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, Benjamin Franklin. These were the leaders who were soft leaders. So uh, we can't uh, totally say that uh, hard leaders won't succeed. There, As you said, you know, Jack Wells was successful. And uh, Steve Jobs was successful. Initially, he was a hard leader. Later on, he has uh, transferred himself. So when we compare between soft and hard leaders, uh, it is the soft leaders who are going to last the longer time. Okay. Jack Welch 
could be an exception. Steve Jobs could be an exception, but they are not the rule, right? Right. I don't know whether you agree with me or not. That's what I strongly feel about. I do agree, and I think that um, you know, and even in Jim Collins in his book Good to Great, he talks about this one in the, on the level five leadership. You know, the hard leaders they tend to okay, let's bring somebody in, this larger than life figure come in like the Lone Ranger and come in and save the day, and maybe they'll get a short-term success. But just like you said, in, in the Alexander the Great example, once he's away, then everything falls apart. If you have a successful soft leader um, yeah. that sustains it, I mean, it, it will build a culture and it will last you know, long after that soft leader is gone. I mean, that's what I think the power of soft leadership is. Yeah. Like I said, even I read Jim Collins' book, uh, that is Level 5 Leadership, that is a paradoxical uh, uh, blend of uh, uh, professional will and uh, personal humility. Yeah. Level 5 leaders. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a wonderful concept. Well, I think, you know, soft leadership, I'm all about it too, because you, a soft leader doesn't mean you're being kind of wishy-washy. I think when you, people think, oh, you've got to be assertive, you've got to kind of hit people over the head with a wiffle ball bat to get people to work, and I don't believe that. I think it's all about influence and persuasion, and the only way you really get people to to increase your level of influence is really getting to connect and understand the people. You have to be empathetic, you have to be connected with them, um, and that takes you know, a lot longer time than being coming in with the commanding force, but the results are much more sustainable. Yeah, you rightly understood the concept. So soft leadership doesn't mean that uh, neglecting the tasks. The tasks are the end, you know, the means we adopt is uh, like persuasion, influence, negotiation. These are the tools and techniques that are adopted as means uh, in order to achieve the ends, that is goals. So soft leaders doesn't mean that uh, they don't uh, uh, they compromise with the goals. You rightly said. If you look at Mahatma Gandhi, he was a soft leader, but he never compromised his basic principles of uh, uh, truth and nonviolence. He was uh, uh, he was an amazing example to the world when the entire world believed in violence. He was an exception who believed in nonviolence and. Uh, uh, acquired India's independence. So from these examples, uh, even if you look at M- Martin Luther King, he wanted uh, uh, to put an end to this uh, discrimination, color discrimination. Uh, that was the end. But the means which he adopted, you know, that is uh, basically a peaceful means. So that's the reason why I say, you know, they are all soft leaders. Uh, but soft leaders doesn't mean that, you know, they compromise their goals or the ends. But they adopt... Uh, 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 peaceful uh, means and persu- uh, through persuasion, negotiation, and various uh, soft means in order to get the things, right? Absolutely. And I, I think that in a lot of examples, soft leadership in a, in a lot of ways takes more courage than hard leadership. I mean, soft leadership demands complete control of your faculties, complete control of your emotions, um, and courageous stands, calm, courageous stands. And that is difficult to do. Um, if you're kind of using your personality to get things done, I don't know. That's not as courageous to me as, as soft leadership. Yeah. I mean, it certainly takes a lot more. Um, I don't know. It's the, it's the commitment and the compassion piece and the courage piece. I think it is, is much more and the consistency piece. I think that's one thing you definitely see from hard leaders and inconsistent, a hard leadership style, a more inconsistent approach. And a calm leader um, works really hard at being consistent. And it takes 
hard work to be consistent all the time. I mean, in the awareness and the situation awareness in your worldview, it's just much more work, but it's much more re- rewarding. Yeah, right. You said to see what I have done, you know, all this 11 C's I have compared with uh, great personalities. I would like to tell you, uh, for instance, Mahatma Gandhi is associated with character, yeah. Michael Gorbachev yeah. with uh, charisma, Martin Luther King with conscience, Aung San Suu Kyi with convictions, Alexander the Great with courage, Winston Churchill with communication, Mother Teresa with compassion, Nelson Mandela with commitment, John Wesley with consistency, Dalai Lama with consideration, and Booker T. Washington with contribution. Like that, you know, I have taken uh, 11 different leaders uh, who are associated with each C. Yeah, that's great. So how do how do we, as like if someone's out there and they're interested in getting involved in the leadership arena, what is their best advice? What what would you at what would you tell them to do to get involved in this soft leadership style? So I would uh, uh, tell everyone, you know, uh, the days of command control, uh, command and control are gone. These are the days where we need to partner, you know, to achieve our ends. So we need to have a change in mindset uh, so that you know uh, you can. Uh, treat your subordinates as partners and you can handhold them and you can go along with them uh, through various uh, soft means like persuasion, negotiation and uh, uh, influence in order to achieve the goals. And uh, with the changing times and technologies, we need to reinvent ourselves. Uh, so it's better to say goodbye to uh, various leader, uh, leadership styles and uh, let us uh, adopt this new leadership style, soft leadership. Uh, this leadership style uh, is beneficial uh, for not only for organization, but uh, this leadership style can be used for uh, uh, by various countries in order to achieve international peace and prosperity. Because uh, uh, across the world, what I find, you know, there is violence and uh, uh, X wants to show supreme, supremacy on Y. So all those things are prevailing across the world. So if uh, the countries also adopt this kind of uh, leadership style, that is soft leadership style, yeah. uh, I think uh, the uh, we can uh, create a better world uh, where, you know, all people will be very happy and uh, we can promote international peace and uh, and uh, we can uh, promote uh, u- universal uh, brotherhood and we can promote peace and we can achieve uh, happiness for the entire mankind. So my response is very clear. It, uh, soft leadership shouldn't be confined to only organizations or individuals. It should be applied even to the countries for global good. That's what I strongly feel about. Well, I love your passion. I love your vision. You're absolutely right. And I think if people are interested in getting involved in leadership, understanding like you are, are believe and say that it's not just for business and work, it's for all aspects of our lives. And um, I agree with you. I think if soft leadership is the secret sauce to getting people um, to solving all our big problems, and man, we got some big problems out there. What do you, What is the major difference? I'm interested uh, culturally. Um, how do you see the leadership styles differing from India and say the United States? What is the major difference? Yeah, India and uh, America. See, uh, 
American leadership is uh, totally different than that of Indian uh, leadership. Yeah, it's a good question you have asked. Uh, in uh, India, the leadership style, you know, is based on various cultural factors. Uh, in India, we mostly follow uh, parents, uh, teachers, and uh, uh, elders, that kind of mindset we are having in India. So at times, you know, uh, that's uh, that becomes a limitation for the people to excel as a leaders. Whereas in America, uh, there is a, uh, a collegial kind of uh, ambience and environment. There is no much gap between rich and poor, uh, and uh, uh, where knowledge is respected and uh, where people are treated equal not only on paper but in the spirit also so the leadership is uh, flourishing uh, uh, very strongly in uh, america rather than in india because the indian cultural setup is different and american cultural setup is different yeah uh, that's what i strongly feel about how how well and especially in business if if i was in introducing a soft leadership style if i was working for uh, if i was in india and one thing that i promote here and my teams is and I get this from flying airplanes because you have to have no walls of communication no walls of barriers people need to feel free to speak up um, if I was working for a company in India and I will say I was two or three levels down in the hierarchical chain is it supported for people to you know speak up if they disagree say that I disagree with a policy or procedure Am I free to speak to, you know, I disagree with the boss, I disagree with the CEO, um, or is there more of a cultural do what the CEO says? Yeah, uh, in India, this uh, disagreement is uh, partly less uh, between boss and uh, subordinates because, as you rightly said, there are cultural aspects involved uh, in India. Uh, whereas in America, it's totally different. Uh, like, you know, uh, Gen X, you, you, I can call Richard or uh, you can call me uh, Rao, something like that. You know, that kind of uh, conversation, conversation takes place in America. But whereas in India, what happens, uh, if an elderly person is there, we, we call them as sir. Mm. Uh, woman means we call her as madam. Right? right? So that kind of uh, mindset we are having based on our... Uh, cultural aspects and also religious aspects. So uh, not only between India and America, even from country to country, you know, you find uh, some cultural gaps. Uh, but uh, when you work, whether you, whether you work in India or in America, the soft leadership can be used. It's not a, uh, it's not country specific as such, no, but no. we do customize little, uh, some of the elements uh, as per the local uh, conditions, you know, to uh, achieve our goals. That's what I believe. Yeah. yeah. I got to tell you, I have a lot. At India is, when I look at my downloads for the podcast, it is right behind the United States. Obviously, the United States, I have the most downloads. But India is second place, even more than Canada, which I find extremely surprising. There's a seems to be a very strong hunger for leadership and leadership knowledge in India. How can you, why, what do you attribute that to? Yeah, uh, you rightly analyzed the, this uh, this aspect. Uh, this hunger for leadership is very strong in India. Uh, even if you look at uh, this management gurus or uh, leadership gurus, uh, nowadays uh, uh, there are so many gurus. You know, they are coming from 
Asia, especially from India. Mm-hmm. Vijay Govindaraj and our uh, some of even earlier Prahlad was there. So like that, you know, many Indians, you know, they are, uh, uh, they, are they have hunger for leadership and uh, they have. Uh, they want to excel as global gurus and they want to make a difference. Uh, that kind of uh, things uh, uh, I am noticing. And uh, you rightly observed. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what is your next question? Well, I was just wondering why Why do you – I mean I, I love it. I love the fact that there's this hunger for – you know, and I, and I guess you, you hit maybe on the, the reason why is that there's a huge part of people want to make a difference. Everybody that's in the leadership game really – who really is invested in it, they want to make – the world a better place. They want to make people, they want to lift people up. They want to make their surroundings better. Yeah, And, and, and I just found it curious that, you know, there's such a, a strong movement f- coming from India. And I was just trying to get your perspective on why do you think that is, I guess. Okay. I feel uh, this hunger for leadership is very strong in India, maybe because they want to prove to the world that they are on par with other developer countries. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe that could be one of the reasons I believe. Yeah, there seems there seems to be a strong resurgence of entrepreneurship coming from India in the last ten years. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just observing that late, but it seems to be when I look at entrepreneurship, it seems to really be coming alive in India. Has that have you noticed that in the last ten years? Yeah, I there is you know I can tell you very clearly because earlier Indian economy was socialistic. That means partly we had mixed economy, partly socialism, partly capitalism. Uh, in 19, early 1990s, uh, Indian government has brought these economic reforms. Then what happened, you know, many, uh, it, it started encouraging a free economy, leading to more entrepreneurs. So entrepreneurs were existing earlier also. It's not that they are existing now. Uh, but only thing, they didn't get a right ambience to prove themselves because mm. of the controls uh, the government uh, uh, kept on the entrepreneurs. So now, for the last uh, 1990s, means maybe were 10, maybe around for the last 23 years, uh, the economy has been opened up. Uh, the people uh, are trying to prove themselves. And the second, and one more fact is that that technology has made the world into a small village. Right. So we get to know what's happening in America, what's happening in UK. So every, everything is thrown open. So what happened? The competitive spirit has come up. So these entre- this Indian entrepreneurs uh, 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 also started thinking. Yes, we also want to prove to the prove to the world, show to the world that we are also powerful. That kind of spirit uh, may be arising. So there are various reasons. Uh, I, I I can say that uh, the uh, the entrepreneurs are rising. Well, I love it. I love the fact that uh, India is so passionate about entrepreneurship, so passionate about leadership. Again, it's my second biggest fan base for this show. I get more downloads from India than Canada, which is amazing. So thank you for all the Indian listeners out there. And Professor, it's been so fun having you on the show. I look forward to meeting you someday. I'd love to collaborate with you on something. I think uh, you're you're on the right path. You're definitely in the Dose of Leadership tribe. And uh, where can people find you? How can people get in touch with you? Me, so I have three blogs and I have Facebook account and I have one email account. Uh, so through that, you know, people can stay in touch with me. I have Facebook. If anyone uh, Googles Professor MS Rao, so it comes very fast in the Google and I have number of pages, three blogs. So and I have an email. So people can contact me through my email. Maybe. Yeah, 
I'll have links to all that on my on my uh, the post at the website so people can get in touch with you. And I'll have links to the book. You can find 21 Success Sutras for Leaders on Amazon.com. It's a great book. In fact, it's highly recommended. I think if you're interested in getting in leadership, it's a great uh, primer for people who are just getting started in leadership. But it's also great for people who've been uh, leaders for a long time. I think it's it's definitely one of the top leadership books out there. And I mean that from my heart. I mean, it's just it's that good professor so thank you uh, for writing that and so uh, i would speak a few words if you could uh, permit me so this 21 success sutras uh, has been written as uh, top 10 books by san diego university and it is well appreciated by many ceos in the world so i request everyone to read this book and uh, secondly uh, behind my success there are uh, many giants who supported me like marshall goldsmith jim cos francis hazelbane uh, Dave Woolrich. Likewise, there are uh, many thinkers who, 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 who are very kind and uh, they are very supportive. Because of them, I, I have grown up to this level. So I would like to thank all of them for their kind support. Without their support, I wouldn't have been in this position. Yeah, well, it's well-deserved. And you're like you said, I mean, a lot of those people you listed, we've talked on the show. They've become my friends too. And, and um, it's well-deserved, my friend. I think you you are doing a lot of great things on the uh, on that side of the planet and uh, you're touching the world and you're inspiring millions. And, and I thank you so much for coming on the show. And also I thank you uh, uh, finally uh, for giving me this wonderful opportunity to reach out to the world through this. I appreciate your great heart and I appreciate your passion and hopefully we'll be working together and we'll be collaborating and uh, we both together will make a huge difference in the lives of others. I love it, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll talk to you again. Thanks for your time and have a nice evening. Thank you very much. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership eBook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.